Hi, everybody. Welcome to Prefer Not To, weekly, sometimes cocktail hour. Always cocktail hour. With your hosts, Josh and Kate. As always, I'm not Kate. And as always, I'm not Josh. Every week, Kate and I will make a cocktail, ideally that we've never sampled before. Mm -hmm. Render a verdict on that cocktail, watch ourselves a movie or something, talk about culture, maybe give you some recommendations, send you on your way. All in about an hour. Mm-hmm. So, Kate, what are we drinking and watching this we, week? This week we are having Shandies. Okay. And we watched 1980, right? 1980s. Yes, 1980. Uh, when Time Stopped. No. That's not the name of the movie? No. What Although was it, it felt like Time Stopped while we were watching the movie. What was the name? When Time Ran Out. Oh, When Time Ran Out. Yeah, although When Time Stopped is probably more accurate. Yeah. Given uh, that I felt like I was... Moving through some sort of gelatinous substance. Was it lava? No, it was not lava, because that would have been much more exciting than the movie, which... Uh, we watched. Yes. So, shandies, you say? Yes. Tell me about the shandy. What's in it? Well, a shandy is half beer, mm-hmm. um, preferably an English variety, something that's very light, although you can use anything, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... Um, other half will be ginger beer, ginger ale, or lemonade, or lemonade sparkling water. Okay. And I'd love to hear the history of the shandy. And you probably will at some point. Being a fan, of course, of Lawrence Stern, 18th century absurdist novels. Oh. But that's a joke. Uh, but as you know, I have to do the standard <laughs> disclaimers first. Okay. Standard disclaimer number one. Neither Kate nor I is an expert on cocktails or on movies. And I really can't stress that enough. Uh, because I, like, haven't left the house since 2006, and Kate has seen basically, like, 11 movies, and six of them uh, star Clancy Brown, so. That's true. <laughs> it's actually very true. <laughs> so, really, we're not experts on anything. At some point, we will likely say something really illiterate about a movie you love, or render an illiterate opinion on a cocktail that you like. Best solution to that is to let us know by sending us an email at pntcast at gmail.com, hitting us up on the Twitter at BNTCast, or one of our many other locations that you can get in touch with us. So that's standard disclaimer number yep. one. Also, I take offense to that because I feel like most of the six of the 11 movies I watch, at least five of them are Planet of the Apes movies. Right. Okay, Roddy McDowell. Yes. He's in right. every single one except the second one. Roddy McDowell, Clancy Brown, and Michael Bean. Those are the three people who are in every movie that you've ever seen. Michael Bean. You know, oh, Michael the, Bean. Yeah. Oh, girl, yes. Right. <laughs> so standard disclaimer number one. Standard disclaimer number two, alcoholism is a serious disease, not unlike typhus or typhoid fever, two diseases which sound alike, much like when time stopped and when time ran out, but which are not in any way the same disease. Are they related to Hawaii in some way? No. But if you had uh, either one of those, you would seek medical treatment. Right. And you should probably also seek medical treatment if you think you might have a problem with the drinking. Yeah. So uh, I think we've talked about Howard Ricketts on the show before when we talked about Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, right? Mm-hmm. But he also discovered the and died of typhus when he was uh, researching the Ricketsia bacterium that causes typhus. Oh. Typhoid fever However. gets its name because it superficially looks like typhus. See, that's confusing. It is. Uh, but is in fact caused by a completely different uh, bacterium. It's caused by a variant of salmonella, and it is a foodborne illness, hence typhoid Mary, the scullery maid who passed it to so many people in New York, or supposedly passed it to so many people, and then lived out much of her life on an island outside, off of the coast of Manhattan as the sole occupant of an asylum for public health at one point. She was the only person there for the rest of her life? At one point, yeah. 
What about all the other people that she gave typhoid to? Excuse me, the typhoid. Typhoid fever, yes. The typhoid. The typhoid, right. The gallop and typhoid. Mm. That's my well, favorite you know, superhero. Like, ga- gallop and typhoid. What's his superpower? Uh, she, uh, you know. Tidal uh, waves? No, uh, stern words. Stern words. So she was a, she was like a, kind of a surly person, I'm given to understand. So that was why people didn't like her. No. So they were already ready to finger her out. And had, she had been told <laughs> not to. <laughs> Raising Lucas. They'd been told she had been told several times, I think, uh, to clean up her act and didn't. Leave. We don't want your disease here. You can't make me. Right. Okay, but tomorrow I'm gonna come back and do the same. Your watercress thing. soup is so good. We have to choose whether or not no. Um so just like if you had, had typhus or typhoid fever or something similar. Both of which, by the way, uh, entirely treatable and vaccine preventable right. now. So, again, get your kids vaccinated. That should be like standard disclaimer number three. Number three. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Get your kids vaccinated. So, speaking of brand, strange things from the past, mm-hmm. tell me about the Shandy. And I'm assuming it is not a reference to Lawrence Stern's The Adventures of Tristram Shandy. Well, gentleman. it might be, Josh, because really? this drink has a million different origin stories. Tell. So, like I said earlier, the shandy, which is short for shandy graph, well, that is a asks more questions than it answers. Is a shandy graph, which is a British term for beer. Is that, is that the thing that you stick your hand on and it makes your hair go up? The the yes. shandy graph. Generator? Well, that's one of them. I mean, that's where the drink gets its name with. Because if you have too many of these, then it's like Wee! I don't know. We're already wrong enough. We can't just outright lie. Of course, we can't. Okay. All right, that one's yours, by the way. The far one. Yeah. Um, so, all right, shandy graph is a British term for beer that's cut with ginger beer or ginger ale. Graph is short for ginger and half and half, being half beer and half ginger. How's the taste? I'm No, I'm making a face at oh, graph, oh, okay. meaning half and half. Oi, graph. It, In what language? English. It's English. What language do I speak? You speak English, but you're not Cockney. I can only assume. That's... Is this more Cockney rhyming slang? Yeah. The shandy graph itself comes from a long tradition of English beer being mixed with something else, which I guess is what you do when you have beer, you just get bored. Yeah, I guess. Or when it's, like, warm, since you don't have to worry about getting flat since it's already flat and warm. Yeah. So, for instance, like, the snake bite is beer with uh, hard cider, and mm-hmm. a dog's nose is gin and beer, which sounds mm-hmm. terrible. And then a half and half is half porter and half beer, as we discussed during our podcast on mm-hmm. the unfortunate half cold porter. boiler maker. Ew, I don't want anything. <laughs> Although I think at, at most points, Cole Porter was half alcohol to begin with. So. Yeah. So the half porter, half beer, which is also like the forefather, so to speak, of the Boilermaker when we talked about mm-hmm. that. The drink is also referred to as Radlers, which is in German, the German term for cyclist, which makes me hate it already. You'd think I'd be afraid of this drink because it's popular. What are you looking at? What is that? Okay, they can't see me, so making references to the faces that I'm Sorry, sorry. Josh, you look perplexed. I don't. What is the connection to cyclists? We're gonna get there. I mean, aside from the fact that it tastes like sweat. Um, another. So that's one. Or, that's the definition of a shandy. Shandy mm-hmm. graph. They're also called rattlers for this reason that mm. some people have put forward. They're thirty percent rattlesnake venom. German. <laughs> so apparently, uh, a gentleman was tending bar in Bavaria in mm-hmm. nineteen twenty-two. No, say it ain't so. And his bar was swarmed by German bicyclists. In what year was this? 1922. God, they have been a menace forever, haven't they? Um, so because it was warm outside, mm-hmm. they came in wanting to parch their thirst. Mm-hmm. The bartender... Is this the cycle shop putsch I read about in history class? I don't think so. Okay. 
The bartender, Franz Zeva Kugla, mm-hmm. halved his beer supply with lemonade so that the beer would last longer mm-hmm. and he could still make money mm-hmm. instead of selling out it's of like beer. It's like German Arnold Palmer. It is kind of, yeah, very much so. Um, Radler means cyclist in German. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, it is also the word for German for waterfall. They're still very popular in Germany and Don't Austria. Don't Radlers. Today, uh, where they're very popular on the continent, where they are sold pre-mixed mm-hmm. with very low alcohol content, which is another reason why people like drinking these during the summer. Um, it's a good refreshing beverage with, you know, your lemonade, your bubbles, and your beer, but it doesn't get you drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also read that apparently this is a way that the British use to introduce their kids to beer, which I don't know if that's true or not. So As opposed to in America, where we send them out to the lake in a van uh, with uh, Milwaukee's best. Well, no, I was going to say, you know, your father sits you down, gives mm-hmm. you a case of beer, and you have to go live in the woods for three days until you have a spirit, spirit you know, that your, your chosen spirit animal of beer mm-hmm. appears to you. My, yeah, mine was St. Pauli's girl. Mm-hmm. What was your What was your beer spirit animal? My beer spirit mm-hmm. animal. I think we all know the answer to this, Josh. <laughs> it's Pabst Blue Ribbon. But that's not an animal. It's an inanimate object. Labatt Blue. That's Do a color. Have, don't they have a bear as their symbol? Uh, uh, Were you too drunk in elementary school to learn the difference between colors and animals? I think their symbol is a bear, though. Even though it's called Labatt Blue. Okay, the Labatt Bear. Then um, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Does that bear land have a shark? Name? There you go. Land shark. The okay. land shark was my, you know, what a sad childhood I had. You know, because that's Jimmy Buffett's beer. <sighs> exactly. All right. So another thing that I read said. I feel like if I ran a restaurant that had a buffet, mm-hmm. I would end the buffet just because I didn't want people to think I was associated with Jimmy Buffett. Is it called Jimmy's Buffet? Like, are no. you, is that the name of the I'm restaurant? I'm just saying, like, that is how, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want, eh, they're wonderful people, uh, you know, with their shorts. And their flip-flops. Mm-hmm. And their parrots. Right. Uh, but, you know. And their heads. Oh, their they're, flip-flops. And their changes in attitudes, changes in latitudes. It's hard to change both at the same time because mm-hmm. you kind of go catty-corner. on an, You know, because the x-axis is attitudes, uh-huh. y-axis is latitudes. To change both at the same time, it's a parabolic change. You, know, you can't, uh, you know, you can't change them both at once. Well, it's I think difficult. as long as you're going diagonal, then you would be able to. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's, it takes work. You know what? It's like it's like but a, a diagonal straight line is not the same. It, as It's a like no, but it's like an it's like etch a sketch. Uh huh. You know, you can you can move uh, you can move a little bit horizontally at once, mm-hmm. move a little bit vertically at once. But when you try and twist them both, you you break the the fishing wire that's holding the, that's moving the little things back and forth. You can't change both attitudes and latitudes at the same time. That's all I'm saying. Anyhow, continue. Anyway, they're also fond of their cheeseburgers in paradise. And coincidentally the, enough, the, Jimmy the Radl- Buffett. The Raddlers? <laughs> Jim, coincidentally. I, I guarantee you, Jimmy Buffett has never ridden a bicycle in his life. I think he has. Well, yeah, except during the DUIs that I'm sure he inevitably gets. Um, I will say that, coincidentally enough, Jimmy Buffett has a song about lava, which I is. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You fucked up parrot head, didn't you? <laughs> my parents. This is how you know all about this. No, shit. this is what my parents did to me. This you is why my spirit animal is land shark. Why didn't you tell me? I would, I, I would have had so much more sympathy for you if I had known your parents, parents had played that shit around you. I love Jimmy Buffett. The first time oh I ever God. smelled what pot smells like is when they came back from a concert and my mom said, hey, you want to know what pot smells like? Smell my shirt. And I did. I was in elementary school. What year was this that they were going to a gym? I don't. They were still happily married, so it's sometime before fifth grade, uh, which would be like 2000, 90, 99, 2000. Uh, Just saying. 
Okay. Baked potato Buffett. So another uh, another thing Steamed that I read. vegetable Buffett. Another thing that I read was that uh, apparently there was a rumor flowing around somewhere out there that Henry VIII invented the shandy graph, which I think is total bullshit. This is, you're now just word salading. Henry VIII, shandy graph, live, stop sign, rowboat. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I saw, what mm-hmm. I found on the internet. Okay. Um, which struck me as apparently he invented it during because he was sad with all of his marital strife, you know, because apparently. So he was so sad that he wanted his beer to be weaker? Yeah, I don't understand. I'm like, first of all, man's already drinking. Mm-hmm. Man has other things to be pissed off about, including like those wascally quafflicks. And, uh, and you know, his giant. That's cute. He murdered thousands of them, but it's cute when you do it with the little speech impediment. It makes yep. it, it makes well, it I was doing like a wascally wabbit. Yeah, I understand. But it didn't really. Wasky, I understand you apologize for anything that <laughs> And uh, it just struck me, that in particular struck me as such a, like, obviously, like, green sleeves moment. You know, like the continuing myth that he wrote green sleeves when it's been definitively proven that he has not. I had never, I had never You've heard You've never that. heard that he's the man no. responsible for green sleeves? Is that like the, the urban legend that Mark Boland is playing guitar on Nutbush City Limits? Sure. Okay. Anyhow. So Anyhow. that's one of our stories. And then someone else uh, said a theorist. They didn't have a theory. They wrote that uh, it might have come from the uh, Tristram Shandy book, which okay. is where it got the Shandy part, and then the graph came from the gender and beer thing that we talked is about. It, is it like the urban legend that at the beginning of uh, Ohio Players' uh, uh, Love Roller Coaster, that the sound is them peeling the honey off of the woman on the cover of the album that it's on? That screaming sound? What? <laughs> I, okay, sure. <laughs> Anyhow, continue. And uh, that's, I uh, just want to say, I'm going to top it off with the fact that today several what me. several uh, <laughs> several beer companies sell shandy mixtures pre-made, mm-hmm. uh, including Shock Top, uh, mm-hmm. Sam Adams, and Labatt, but it seems like so many other cocktails that you can technically, well, this isn't a cocktail, I guess it kind of is, that you can buy in a store, it's so much easier to make it yourself. Yes. And this one is actually quite tasty, which unlike some of the pre-bottled ones that taste like just beer that they've put lemon drops in. Yeah. Uh, this taste, it's, it's actually quite tasty. You should have yours. So I wanted to ask, Josh, uh, now that you've learned about shandies, mm-hmm. what do you think? Do you think that Bud Light Lime is technically a shandy? No. Why is that? Because I think the lime is just a flavor of the, of the Bud Light. It's no more <laughs> than, uh, you know, than, uh, remember Tequiza? No. It was like this uh, malt drink that was supposed to taste like tequila. Ew. Yeah. It was during the whole, like, remember when they first came out with the alcoholic malted drinks that weren't beers? These Zimas. Uh, this is the post-Zima boom. Yeah. Uh, and they were trying to figure out, before they discovered that all they had to do was put cherry syrup in them and get uh, sorority girls to drink them. Speaking of sorority girls, mm-hmm. uh, one article I read, which was from the New York Times, was t- uh, talked about how um, shandies are coming back in the U.S. with okay. this like this boom of craft people, beers of, of people such. pushing them out like that, you know, shand- um, with your lineys and your whatnot. But in Britain, they're really popular, like I said, and in Germany and Austria, they're also really popular. And it's almost like wine coolers were in the '80s. Mm-hmm. Is how it is over there, huh? And wine coolers, which were popular in the United States, are not so anymore because uh, the excise tax on wine was raised. So. I guess. You mean on foreign wines coming in? Mm-hmm. Huh. So what do you think? It's delicious. Yeah, I think ours is quite tasty. Like, like, I would drink those as a going concern just oh. the rest of the time. Oh, yeah. So for our uh, for our recipe, we're using um, San Pellegrino limonata soda mm-hmm. and uh, Newcastle, but I guess you guys could probably experiment yeah, with That's a really tasty combo, by the way, if you're looking yeah. to make your own shandies. This was, mm, I wasn't planning on drinking much tonight, but that was a tasty treat. It's a tasty treat. Yeah. And that's a shandy. Yeah. Shandy graph. That 
were you trying to make an Irish-sounding Vandegraaff? No, I was just saying it festively. You got anchors on your earrings. I do. Yeah. Are you brandy? Have you been hanging around sailors? No, I was wearing my whale shirt earlier, remember? Oh, you were wearing your whale shirt. They, they, they match. Hey, we saw Guardians of the Galaxy since we, the last time we did. We did. That was a good movie. Can you tell I don't want to talk about our movie that we saw for the show this week? I can. Yeah. What was the name of that movie again that we saw? Um, 1980, right? Mm-hmm. It was made in 1980. Um, it was, uh, let's see here, J- James Franciscus and his love beads. Right. No, no, fr- uh, no. that was the sequel. It was Franciscus's uh, leisure suit. Oh, it's Lee. Oh, right. okay. Uh, no, right. yeah, I'm sorry. It was uh, Burgess Meredith, acrobat extraordinaire. <laughs> See, because I thought that the the working title for this film, at least, oh. was Paul Newman and Lava: A 20 Minute Love Story. Yeah, it's interesting. That a lot of people don't don't know that this movie was actually a uh, a remake of a documentary mm-hmm. that was just a camera pointed at a bridge for half an hour. And the, the documentary struck something in Irwin Allen. Let's uh, explain what's going on here. Let's. This is the movie that essentially, you know, we've been doing a tour of the Irwin Allen disaster porn movies in the 1970s. Not the good ones either. Uh, not even the marginally good ones, but the oh, no. definitively not at all good ones. Beyond the, not beyond, but the Poseidon Right, the Poseidon Adventure, which was the one that set us off on this particular it was, little yeah. isthmus of strangeness. It was goofy, but it was goofy in a way that I liked. In that I believe we have exhausted, or at least exhausted my willingness to pursue the creative vision of Irwin Allen much farther down this path. But this was, and again, this movie was 1980s, When Time Ran Out. Dot, 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 right? Yes, ellipsis. Also, uh, Irwin Allen, apparently singular among film craftsmen in his embrace of the option colon. Of of everything. There's a lot of punctuation that go on in those titles. man loves punctuation. Yeah. And much like in his prior work, The Concord, Ellipsis, Airport. Airport 79. Yeah. Uh, this one also features an ellipsis, but not an exclamation point. So it no differs mo- It differs from other of his work in that way. So this movie, uh, let's see, who does it star? We got Paul Newman. All right, let's do it. This, we got it it's Paul one Newman, of those classic. face reads contractually obliged in every shot. Yeah, we've got, this is another, like many other Irwin Allen movies, we've got a ton of stars in this right. that are just kind of there. It's the there. standard Irwin Allen formula that for some reason doesn't pan out this time, which is get a bunch of stars, uh, either a couple A-listers, but mostly people people will recognize. Character from actors. The, right. Character actors, people, people will recognize recognized from the uh, salad days of Hollywood studio pictures uh, or TV actors looking to make a break to or, movie. Or uh, modern or at current celebrities also. Right. Uh, current, well, yeah. Of the, and then uh, put them in a situation where things are going to explode. Yeah. So let's see. Who's in this? Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Uh, James Franciscus. Mm-hmm. Who... Screen legend William Holden in his third to last final p- film performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Barbara Carrera. Um, Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Let's see. Uh, a Hamilton, Ernest right? Borgnine. There was a Hamilton in there. Veronica Hamilton? Uh, Veronica Hamill, who Hamill. we remember from Hamill. Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Ernest Borgnine. Red Buttons wearing the oh, fakest mustache yes. in history. Forgot about good old Red Buttons. Uh, James Franciscus, we said. Uh, Jackie Bissett. Yeah, she plays the chick. Yeah. One of the chicks, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the main She chick. and Veronica Hamill and uh, Barbara Carrera are all yeah. females. By birth. Um, and some some kids, some random islanders. Yeah. And the son of Eddie Ad- Albert. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who went by Edward Albert. Albert. And are we missing anyone? Probably. Right. So, uh, 
Uh, James Franciscus is an ambitious real estate developer who owns a private island. You might remember James Franciscus from his tour de force performance in Beneath the Planet of or the Apes. From, he's an ambitious, he's an ambitious real estate developer who wants to, who has built a hotel on a private island that he owns, but has also discovered that there is oil beneath this Pacific island that he uh, alone owns. Correct? He or or he William and, Holden? He, he and William Holden. Right. They're they're business partners. They're business partners. Which is why he's married to William Holder's, Holden's granddaughter or daughter or niece or something who is Jacqueline Bissett no who's no. uh Hamill. Hamill. Right, Veronica Veronica Hamill. Hamill. yeah Jacqueline Bissett was uh anyhow so uh we as you mentioned William Holden is his business partner who has eyes for Jackie Bissett who is his assistant who is his assistant and who is what 40 years younger than him and she is currently smitten with with Paul Newman who she... is an engineer of some kind or a geologist or... on the island mm-hmm. um oh hey you know who we forgot uh, Detroit Lions lineman Alex Karras. There we go. His cockfighting buddy Pat Morita. Pat Morita's in this. You're right. Right. Uh, and Burgess Meredith, who I don't know if we mentioned. We did. So all of these people, for Irwin Allen-esque reasons, i.e. none, have come <laughs> to this hotel resort island. Sorry, I was looking uh, at... at the same time, Paul Newman, who, as I said, uh, the words contractually obliged might as well have been tattooed on his forehead. Apparently in an interview late in his life with uh, Larry King, he said that this was the only movie that he ever regretted having done. But he was, in fact, congratulated. And pretty much every single thing in this movie, like every actor, the main parts, they were all contractually, all of them were yeah, obligated Allen to do a two people movie. to do multiple picture yeah. deals, uh, which is why, you know, William Holden and Paul Newman both were in Towering Inferno. And William Holden also, by the way, uh, anyhow, we'll get to him in a second. But Paul Newman is an engineer who is warning people that the island is structurally unstable as they search for oil and they found a gusher. Uh, James Franciscus wants to exploit the oil at the same time that he wants to bring tourists to the island, which, as we all know, is sheer folly. William Holden, who is, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that he is visibly intoxicated for many of the scenes that he appears in. Correct? I, I, I didn't think so. Well, he had to go to rehab during I mean, the making of the movie. I realize that, but I'm saying, man, can, you can be a functioning alcoholic. And, and, and I think he was. he was. Up until, up until he fell down and hit his head, and then, uh, and then uh, what's-her-name wrote that song. Suzanne Vega wrote that song. You know the, the Luke's Restaurant song? He's the, I, I was reading in the paper about a movie star who, and a, who fell and hit his while head while he was drunk. drinking? Yeah, that was William Holden. It was no one I had heard of. Yeah, that. right. You know, who, a great actor. You go see Picnic. Great movie. But uh, so William Holden is, uh, he was business partners with James Franciscus's father and is now business partners with James Franciscus uh, and leaves most of the decision making to him uh, because he has his daughter and because he's little known to him. He, James Franciscus is cheating on his daughter with uh, sexy island native Barbara Carrera. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's a cockfighting ring with Pat Morita in it. Alex Karras runs around looking really scared, like maybe he didn't know he was actually in a movie. <laughs> like, did you notice that? He's like, he looks he like... He just looked really uncomfortable. He looked really scared. Like, he, like they maybe had to tell him that there was a volcano to get him to act. He, this is clearly, he was not up to his Webster Prime in uh, Alex just, Karras' he acting looked, skills. He looked so uncomfortable. Like, he just didn't know where to go, where to stand, what to say. Meanwhile, in developments that have absolutely nothing to do with any of the rest of the plot... Ernest Borgnine is a retired police officer. Red Buttons is a recently released from prison former criminal who Ernest Borgnine recognizes and says, I'm going to be keeping my eye on you. Starts following him around. Starts following him around the island. Uh, Burgess, Burgess Merrith arrives with his wife who has cancer, mm-hmm. right? Her, she's, she's dying of the she's cancer. She's recovering or no, she she's died. dying of the cancer. Um, okay, so his wife who's dying of cancer, they are both former world-class acrobats. Of course. Taking them to the, the Hawaiian scenery. 
Except it's not Hawaii, but they're filming it in Hawaii. No, it's supposed to be Hawaii. I no, it's it was, not. What is it? It's, it's an island that James Francisca's owns. I thought it was in Hawaii. That's it's a, why maybe it's his fake island, but it's an island that he owns. It's a, with a volcano, so right. it's it's in the same area. Anyhow, so... Uh, Things happen. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Paul Newman begins warning them. Suddenly, the ground begins opening up, and lava begins shooting everywhere. James Franciscus tries to cover it up so people will stay so people on the will island. stay on the island for reasons that I don't understand. I mean, what I can understand why he would want to keep making the oil, but why he would want to keep the people in his hotel makes no sense at all to me. But yeah, whatever. Also, by the way, James Franciscus is clearly wearing uh, Michael Caine's leisure suit from The Swarm. And isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Also, it was me in the swarm. There's a uh, one scene that is clearly shot on a set that we recognize. That was in from the, the swarm. swarm. It's the bunker in the swarm. Is, right. the, is the geological bunker? That was the bunker, by the way, where they had the good forty second long scene with the menacing music in the background of just James Francisca's looking down at Paul <laughs> Newman from a catwalk uh, for no apparent reason. Don't don't forget the harrowing. Uh, let's take an elevator into the core of the earth yeah. scene, and then the bottom. Falls. Well, dude, compared to the rest of the movie, that elevator they took down into a volcano was freaking action-packed, Bruckheimer-esque, uh, scintillating sensation. True enough. So eventually it becomes clear that uh, because of a tidal wave that kills Alex Karras, we hardly knew ye. Because of explosions or like... It's seismic Volcanoes. Oh, that's what it is. Volcanoes yeah. waking up. It's, yeah. So uh, they, we had swamps, tidal wave swamps a town, misses the hotel for some reason, but everyone has taken refuge at this hotel. It becomes clear that they have to get off the island. <laughs> They try to get off the island, and a, this movie also has more people hanging off of the <laughs> rails of, of a helicopter, helicopter than any other movie I've ever seen. Well, it, you know, let me tell you, it has more people hanging off the, the side of the helicopter than The Expendables 3, and that's a lot, Josh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people meet their deaths by trying to hold on to the edge of a helicopter and either falling off or the helicopter, like, crashes or, like, a chunk of lava hits them in the face. <laughs> So, like, the volcano explodes, and it's only a matter of time until the lava reaches the resort. So, Paul Newman's like, yo, we got to get out of here. And so, as oh, it- Also, they keep putting Paul Newman in a hat. Like, we'll remember him, like, from HUD or a better movie that we saw. They're like, remember Butch and Sundance? Think about that. Yeah, don't, look, don't, look at him over here in his, his tight pants wearing, and his hat. Wearing blue jeans and a hat. If you squint, it could be HUD. Mm, girl. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, a year later, Paul Newman made, uh, what was it? Uh, the Verdict? The Verdict. Yeah. So, anyway, got some prime Paul Newman in here. All right, so anyways, the, the lava's coming, and as so often happens with Irwin Allen disaster movies, after the initial disaster happens mm. and a few people have been killed, there are the survivors who are too large for the movie to hope to even think to focus on them. Right. So you have to split up the group. Right, and the group, the, the people who follow the ill-fated leader. You may remember it was the purser. In, in the beside, original Poseidon in the Adventure. Beside, yeah. In this movie, it is James Franciscus who says, no, don't don't leave my hotel. Uh, so most of the people stay at the hotel with James Franciscus. And they start booing Paul Newman. And right, for like, booing, being like, boo you We're and your leave. decision. Uh, and there's like a weird angry mob <laughs> yeah. outside when these three Jeeps leave with all of the named actors on board. Except, except for, for James Franciscus and Veronica Hamill and, and Barbara Carrera. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them, they all die. Um, uh, so she's because uh, William Holden comes up to uh, uh, his his niece, daughter, granddaughter, Hamill, yeah. and says like, you know, come with me. You got to come. And she's like, no, I'm staying. He's my husband. I got to stay. Right. Well, that turns out to backfire on her, right? Because they think that they, it's clear that the volcano is going to uh, erupt, and if they can get to the other side of the island, there's like a boat slip or a boat dock or something, right? Yeah. Something. Whatever. Device. It's not really very Device clear. onium. 
Okay, so all of the actors we've named, except the ones who stay at the hotel, uh, go in the... And, and uh, so we're about, what, 45 minutes into this two-hour-long movie here? <laughs> Probably. Okay. So I got a question for you, Kate. Yeah. Of the remaining hour of this movie... Uh-huh. What percentage would you say is taken up by A, uh-huh. uh, people being uh, shimmying along the ledge of a cliff, uh-huh. <laughs> B, uh, people crossing a footbridge, <laughs> C, anything else? I'm going to go with about 50% on crossing the footbridge and 25% on rock ledge and 25% on everything, everything else. else. Yeah, this movie just completely falls apart at this point uh, and ceases. First of all, none of the arcs have any resonance anymore. We've, I mean, it's typical in these Irwin Allen movies, and we've talked about it before, for his idea of an arc resolution to be someone getting killed by the natural phenomenon. Yeah. But uh, this one is especially bad in that the arcs don't even move from where they began. Like the Ernest Borgnine and Red Buttons arc... Ernest Borgnine gets burned on the face, and that's it. And then that's the well, end of the arc. Yeah, but Ernest Borgnine, not Ernest Borgnine, sorry, Red Buttons has to, like, put, takes care of him and leads him along, because he's blind now. Right. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, let's see. Uh, explain, explain, explain. Homeboys, this. Burgess Meredith's wife dies in their trek through the jungle. She falls into the lava or something, and it's like, oh, well, is she this before, had... Is this before the shimmy? I think so. Oh, no, it's during the Describe shimmy. Describe the shimmy. On the rock wall? So there's a... Rock wall that the characters have to um, kind of shimmy around to continue the path because there's a mountain in the way or something. <laughs> so it's like one of those classic like movie rock walls where you know there's just enough, just so much path. Have you if you've ever seen an episode of Land of the Lost? Yes, you've probably seen this rock wall. It is that fake. So they all start shimmying across, hugging the wall. Of course, about halfway through, uh, some of the rock crumbles and so you know you have some people who slip some people who fall um one of them is burgess meredith's wife who dies and it's like oh well she had cancer keep moving she did pele the lava goddess had claimed her organs to recycle and like you know burgess meredith is really sad for about half a second until paul newman comes up i think and is like hey she'd want you to live (laughs) and then he's like all right (laughs) at which point he would say yeah but she'd want to live too (laughs) she'd want her to live also so there's these two kids of a local farmer the farmer is with them oh right he's one of the guys who jumps on the helicopter yeah well right that was one of them and then there's another one uh who falls during the shimmy scene so uh then we've got two little kids to look after and burgess meredith sort of takes them under his wing and under his pole yeah wait that was (laughs) his acrobat eight or nine (laughs) Okay. So then, Kate, people are not believing me when I describe this next portion of the movie. Did you time it? Have we timed it? It's 20 minutes long. <laughs> like, it's not an exaggeration. It is so, 20 minutes long. Our, our our band of brothers, our host of heroes, mm-hmm. come to uh, a wooden bridge, a rickety wooden bridge. It's not that rickety, at least not at the, not at the beginning. It may suffer some structural decay <laughs> during the extended sequence. So, yeah, so there's a wooden bridge over a, a bed of lava. They have I'm to not cross. saying that it's long. I'm not saying that it takes a long time for them to cross the bridge, but I can say that uh, that during the time that they crossed the bridge, that eight-year-old girl that Burgess <laughs> Meredith adopted under his arm... She's... Alright, so we're going to give away the plot if we tell about how wait, she ends plot. up <laughs> on Paul Newman. <laughs> She wasn't on Paul Newman. Yes, she was. She was. He carried her across. I thought Burgess Meredith carried it across on the stick. I think that was the one of the the, the boy. boy. Okay. Yeah. 
eight or nine. <laughs> so there's a bridge, a wooden bridge, above a bed of lava. They have to cross it to get to the other side. Paul Newman's like, I'll go first. And he crosses, and there's a lot of dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun. And, like, you know, he steps on a piece of wood like that, like, breaks of that. and falls. Paul Newman gets over to the other side. As they cross over this river of what is clearly just cornstarch in water <laughs> with, with red, the red light like, pointed yeah. at it. Um, he crosses over. I think I went to use the bathroom at this point, and like so many things that happened and in the bad nothing movies, nothing changed. <laughs> no, we <laughs> came back, and Paul Newman's on the other side. Yeah, but then with he, everybody goes else. he goes and back, and I'm like, like no. And times. so I said, Josh, why is he over here? And you're like, yeah. he's already crisscrossed the bridge like four like times. Three times. Yeah. And each time he does, he knocks more wood more out. More wood out. And he like that was the thing. He starts off by walking on the bridge and like kicking, testing it with his kick, foot. But he's been testing it. He's like kicking the boards off. So it gets to the point where everyone is across the bridge except mm-hmm. for Paul. Newman, the two kids, and Burgess Meredith. Right. So they're about to cross again. And it's down to, uh, you know, just like a timber. Yeah. So then we do the thing where it starts shaking and uh, it kind of partially collapses on the side so that, like, they can still hold on to the railing of one end. Eddie, Edward Albert, like, kind of gets down on a rock face near it and is like, come on, crawl over, I'll get you. This is where you might recall that Burgess Meredith is a world-famous acrobat. How terribly convenient. So he uh, puts one of the kids on his back, the boy, and they he grabs a, a tree, basically, like a bamboo stalk that mm-hmm. happens to be growing there. And, uh, and in a series of not-at-all-stunt-doubled long shots. <laughs> walks across the single plank. Um, trapeze to get to the, style. Uh, trapeze style to get to the other side. At the same time, like, Burgess Smith is like, I'm going to come back for the girl. Don't worry. Paul Newman's like, Fuck that. And he puts the little girl on his back, piggyback style. I went out of this movie as soon as possible. <laughs> and starts crawling across. Except he doesn't do, like, the, the acrobat Has act. William Holden died yet? Or does he live? He lives. He lives, yeah. Um, as with all these Erwin Allen movies, it becomes impossible once you've seen the movie to remember who, who died. Um, so Paul Newman starts crossing. And because he doesn't, he's not as awesome with his acrobatic skills right. as Burgess Meredith, he just kind of, like... Crawls across with his arms, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. he just kind of like, and which predictably at one point the one that his feet is on falls into the lava, so he's just kind of. Oh, Pat Morita fell into the lava. Oh yeah, Pat Morita's dead too, Uh, and it's around this point too that uh, lava attacks come and eat the hotel. Right, (laughs) incredible uh, (laughs) missiles of lava uh, arc from the volcano. Uh, So uh, Veronica Hamill in in some really bad special. I mean, really bad special. She happens to like James Franciscus decides that this is when he's going to be set free or whatever and he can't live a lie anymore so he and uh barbara carrera are like making out and in a very predictable shot where they come together to kiss and then they pull apart you can see that veronica hamill's been watching them the entire time and she's like dun dun oh i can't believe it and then she just like, walks there's away any drama like they've got you remember in that episode of the simpsons when the, the bart discovers the comet mm-hmm. and there's that one shot of the comet just like bearing down on them that's what they have with this lava flying at them in the hotel well yeah so shots. everybody like you know he's with uh he's with his chick uh, veronica hamill goes back to her room and then all of a sudden it just kind of ends like the volcano erupts they start shooting yeah, like all these like ashes and just fiery rocks that are very very fake looking and just blow up the hotel in a single thing like literally there's a shot of a rock hitting the model scale of the hotel and then whoop we're done so and then also by apparently by reaching the other side of this footbridge all of those people are out of peril because we're then they then scamper down uh, into a lagoon and the movie is over yeah so paul newman keeps crawling over with the little girl they make it they scamper down to wherever they're going and that's kind of like the end of the movie oh yeah and jacqueline Bissett and paul newman are like 
making out. And stuff. Right, and William together. Holden. You know, one of the things that was ang- what made William Holden angry about this movie was that he, his character did not end up with Jackie Bissett. Really? Yeah, he was f- reportedly very frustrated by that. Well, I mean, the guy was like seventy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, okay. So yeah. that that was uh, when time ran out. That was it. Um, this movie. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Right. Credited with ending the feature film career of Irwin Allen. It was his last theatrical release. Mm-hmm. I think his last it's, director, but I think too. Right. Uh, although he didn't, he only directed this and, uh, he didn't direct this. So he oh. directed the the Swarm and Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. He didn't direct this one. Oh, well, the point is that it ended his career. Know, of His theatrical career. I think he made a few more TV things. But uh, much like this movie ended Irwin Allen's theatrical, I think this should mark our, our exit point. From the from seventies disaster from the Allen verse yes and I think we much it. as we much as we capped off our run of forgotten number one movies mm-hmm. we're going to cap off our run of seventies disaster porn at least for the time being we got to come up with something new we need to get back on the forgotten number one movies no I think we're going to come up with something new I think uh, I I've pitched to use a couple of ideas yeah. I think uh, bad sequels mm-hmm. uh, or nineties uh, rom coms <laughs> okay a or seventies se- Euro skin flicks I wanna I wanna I want to expand that into not just rom-coms, but 90s teen movies, uh, okay. which are almost always rom-coms. But, right. you know. yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, we, we can only pick the really, truly atrocious ones. Yeah, and we I don't think the teen out. movies. Yeah, we'll figure. We, they might not be any of those. Yeah. Except, but we, we, point being, this is the end of our disaster porn. Uh, it's phase. been a wonderful journey. It is. Through bees and storms and, <laughs> and a lot swarms. Of, and... A lot of Olivia de Havilland and uh, Michael Caine. God love them. Yep. And uh, the stars clearly not at their finest moments. I, I mean, want to say some of the is... greatest stars of the screen. I mean, you're talking William Holden, Henry Fonda, Jimmy Stewart in these movies. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's an idea for uh, an unfortunate sequel that we could do. We could do Jaws 4 and uh, go visit our, our good friend Michael Caine again. That is uh, clearly within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, we'll figure it out. So, Kate. Yes. If this movie were a cocktail, mm-hmm. what would it be? I'm Bear with me on this. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with Mudslide. Why is that? Because it seems like a good idea, but it's just, you know, and you fin- after you finish it, you just, just feel so bloated and, like, gross, and you realize that you just ate so many calories that mm-hmm. you could have used, like, eating things that you actually enjoy, like Doritos, um, instead of watching this movie. Mm-hmm. You could have been doing, like, almost anything else that you enjoyed. Because at the end of your Mudslide, you don't feel that drunk, and you also don't feel that full. Mm-hmm. And it's also not that good, yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I don't know. That's that's kind of where I was I was going with that. I think it would be a flaming mo. I think it's got a little bit of everything. of the bo- of the worst of everything that's left at the bottom Cough, of the. Sir. It's at the it's the bottom of the barrel, and then it ends with an explosion. And uh, well, it was see, a bad yeah, idea. To I was begin thinking. With. I started thinking about mudslides because you know it is also a disaster as a mudslide. That is also which true. It was never made into an Irwin Allen movie, but we should. You know, I mean, he's dead, but. Sounds like a John Borman picture. Slap if, a happy ending on it, the script writes itself. <laughs> Mudslide. So, Kate, if this uh, cocktail, the Shandy, mm-hmm. were itself a movie, what would it be? Say, I would say it's a refreshing English farce. Uh, mm-hmm. Not much like Tristram Shandy. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say Tristram Shandy, but maybe, you know, like, um, say, like, uh, death, at a, death at a Funeral. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, four weddings and a funeral. Mm-hmm. Like something that's like light and bubbly that you want to mm-hmm. see that's just like so very British. I was going to say something similar. I was going to say The Thick of It. Or no, The Thick of It movie, uh, In the Loop. Oh, 
because yep. it has uh, it has the le- the lemonade and the beer are like British and American things mixing together, but it is still essentially British mm-hmm. when you taste it and delicious and fun. Mm. So in the loop, you said uh, what did you say? Uh, we're gonna what did four I say? weddings and four a funeral. weddings and a funeral. Let's put right. that one. Uh, yeah, and a flaming mower, a mudslide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we saw a better movie this week, though. We did see Guardians of the Galaxy. We did. It I was wonderful. Yeah. yeah, it was very good. So I, I need to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. By the way, first of all, the reason I mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy is, uh, as you know, it has supplanted The Postman, a movie we've done for the show, uh, as the greatest sci-fi epic featuring uh, Redbone's Classic. Love. Um, I'm still disagreeing with you on that, Josh. I think that the postman still has the uh, the ultimate use of come and get your love in a movie scene. I mean, you just can't beat it. But I feel that way about a lot of things when it comes to the postman. So uh, I did enjoy the movie. I did quite enjoy it. Uh, the postman? I, there, no, I did not enjoy <laughs> a, a second of watching that. Um, <laughs> at all. Um, but there were so about 20 good. minutes in the middle, however, when we were in the theater. Yeah. Uh, when I had trouble following the plot. Right. Because uh, the chick who was sitting next to me was in the theater. Distracting you from Chris Pratt's abs? No. Oh. No. Um, people, uh, she was, she'd taken her flip flops off and had just put her bare, uh, slimy, disgusting feet. Slimy? Come on. <laughs> It was like, it's summer and you're wearing flip-flops. They're going to be slimy. Uh, up on the rail. All right. right. next to my wife's head. Because okay, it was crowded, so, so we were sitting in different rows. Let's, let's, and I'm literally, I'm sitting there and like, my field of vision is about 80% Guardians of the Galaxy. Because we're up very close. But I just keep drifting down and to the left to these disgusting, slimy, formerly be flip-flopped feet. Finally, she tucked them down under herself. But come on, people. We are a civilization. Mm-hmm. E- we built the pyramids, goddammit. You know, I mean, let's be honest, okay? Flip-flops are essentially just pasties for your feet <laughs> to begin with, okay? But you can, at the very least, have the decency to hew to the social convention that you don't show your leg nipples in public. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, if we talked about this on the show before? Uh, much like people... All right, so I'm going to break this down for you guys. Um, much like I feel about bicycles... Wait, you don't... <laughs> I don't have to go into the backstory. It's clear I don't like feet from I'm the, I'm Josh talking the doesn't thing. like. Yeah, it's clear. I'm so, okay. Josh doesn't like feet. That's probably pretty apparent. Much like I don't like bicycles, and we both f- feel very strongly about this. But listen, this is why this story is in particular just like yeah, the but perfect I didn't drag storm. you to see breaking away. That's my point. I didn't go into that theater to see a bunch of feet. Just like you didn't buy a ticket to see a movie about a bunch of kids riding bicycles. Okay, right. That's true. But Plus, what I was feet are disgusting, and bicycles are just machines. Unless they are foot bots. So what I was trying to say was, step one, she's already wearing flip-flops, which Josh hates. Step two, she took the... Well, first of all, she took them off. And Josh doesn't like taking off his shoes anywhere, especially in public. And then step three, she put it next to Laura's head. I can only imagine the pain that was for you. I didn't notice anything because I was sitting next to Laura and I was mesmerized by, um, by a lot of things about this movie. You think Zoe Saldana's agent just, like, has a Google search out for, like... Uh, attractive painted woman for or, like roles. I was gonna say. I was gonna say attractive feisty space babe. Vaguely ethnic painted person. Well, that. But what she's about got like she's Uhura. got about half the rainbow pinned down right now. Well, what about Ohura? She's not painted. Right. I'm just saying. But you know, she's been blue. She's been green. Uh, she's been Zoe Saldana colored. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think purple probably next. 
Well, we don't know what's going to happen in the pink. next three Avatar movies or however many they're up right. to now. Right, maybe they go to Pink Avatar Planet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was in the Avatar sequel that I saw. <laughs> Even the one we watched together. <laughs> right. There was a lot of pink in that one. <laughs> what was that called? Not... What was it? I don't know. XXX. An yeah, Avatar parody porn yeah. or something. Uh, so, so there was that. A friend of mine got to ride first class this week, and I realized I'd never asked you if you'd ridden first class. You've never ridden first class. I have not. I've never. I'm never gonna ride. I'm never gonna get to ride first class in my entire life. Don't say that. What would you do if you got to ride first? class? What do you mean? Like, what would you? What would be the thing? Like, what would you, would you take? Would you take like a napkin home, like some peanuts? Well, don't they, they? I mean, they give you better stuff than peanuts, don't they? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's for people who are better than we are. I would take the hot towel. I don't know how, but I would find a way to snug, smuggle you realize it out of the plane. You it wouldn't be hot once I know, you got it home. But I could be like, yo, this was my towel. I don't know. You could do that now and just pretend you were in first class. <laughs> save yourself 1500 bucks. Yeah, but it's not going to have that nice – it's not going to have like the U.S. Airways logo on it or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, anybody here famous? Huh? <laughs> Come on. Somebody's famous. Well, you hear those stories about celebrities who are – who like – or in the coach, they you know like oh I said I was on an airplane with someone. Yeah, that's like the new like, thing with the coach where they give it up for soldiers. Well, they give it up for doctors. I think that only happened the one time. I was just talking about um, just in general where you find yourself. There's all you know those stupid. Well, maybe not. I think they should give up. The, they should give up the first class seats for tall people because of the leg room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm saying like a tall normal person probably has the same claim to a first class seat as like a short veteran. Like, you, like being a, in the service just bumps you up. It bumps you up past, like, other people of your size. But, like, I think the leg need should bump you up also. Like, if you're a tall veteran, there's no question. Right. You know, you should, you should be sitting in first class. And then if you're a short uh, but, civilian, but, but, it's like, like, fuck six, you, five, get into steerage. Right. But if you're, like, 6'5", and there's, like, a 5'6 veteran. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I'm not even talking, like, people who lost limbs or anything. I'm talking about, like, this is your full height. You know, I'm just saying. Generally, well. I don't know. So what are we going to do? What are we going to drink next week? You know, we might. I was thinking it's, it's getting the end of summer. I don't know. I was thinking we might do Arnold Palmer's. Maybe not because it's a little similar. Um, I was thinking about doing. You saw catnips being retooled, right? That's why what? it was off this week. What are they doing? I don't know. They just said it's off for retooling. They... Might be a mid-season replacement. You don't think they're going to recast the lead, do you? No, I don't think it's that. I think the problem what may be you... just the, uh, the, the the concept was a little hard for people to grasp. The two worlds and how the main yeah. character was completely different. So I think what they're probably going to do is just ditch half the show. So we'll see. I mean, if I were them, I think they've done more work into the seedy underworld. So I would just ditch the family. Yeah, I think that's probably what they're going to do. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, hey, so we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've had some new reviews on iTunes, which is... As always, I encourage anyone who's listening to go off there and write us through. And hey, you know, if you listen to the although obviously, obviously, if you've gotten this far, you, you probably haven't cut it up. But you know, if you've listened to the show or you have friends who listen to the show and they didn't like it, yeah, send me a tweet. Uh, send us a tweet at PNTCast uh, w- at what point you stopped listening and when you were bored. But I want to thank iTunes users uh, MMDHD, IQ Matthew, and Nico John for their reviews. We got three? Well, that's over the past month or so. Oh. As always, we welcome your review. Send us an email at PNTCast at gmail.com. Visit us on the web, pntcast.wordpress.com, or on the Tumblr, pntcast.tumblr.com. You can look for us on Facebook. Search for Prefer Not To. Mm-hmm. And, and we're on Stitcher, if you don't use the iTunes, of course. You can see Josh and I and all of our sweet pics on Facebook, including Prefer Not To Mascot, Lenny. And Judith. It's Judith? 
Yeah, she will be. Okay. So as always, I've enjoyed spending some time with you. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys will choose to spend some time with us again next mm-hmm. week. Spending time with you, Kate. Always a pleasure. Mm, you too, Josh. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you come back again. Thank you for listening. Hey, hey, hey. What's the matter with your head?